Welcome to this week's class of Chassidus. This week we're going to be learning a very powerful and deep spiritual Hasidic discourse based on the verse Kumi Oiri. The Rebbe said this Hasidic discourse in Shabbos Parsha Savoy, that year's Parsha Savoy was Chai Elul, the 18th day of the month of Elul, in the year Tov Shin Laman Gimel, exactly 48 years ago. In honor of Chai Elul in the year Tov Shin Memtes, 32 years ago, the Rebbe certified and edited this Hasidic discourse in honor of the birthday of the two giant luminaries in mysticism, the Baal Shem Toiv and the Alter Rebbe. So again, the Hasidic discourse is based on the opening verse of the Haftorah of this week's Torah portion, which is a verse from Isaiah, chapter 60, verse 1, where Isaiah says as follows, Kumi oiri kiva oirech, arise my light, because the light has come. So the Rebbe brings and explains that what is the verse saying? Kumi oiri, the light should arise. Kiva oirech, because the light came. In other words, Kiva oirech, because the oirech came, this powerful light came, that's why, Kumi oiri, that's why the light should stand up. In other words, what, what does it mean? Hashem is telling the Jewish people, since Ba'irech, since this powerful light came, your light came, your light came, the light of the Jewish people came, so now you have the light, you have to stand up and lighten up the world. You have the light, lighten up the world. So the Rebbe asks a simple question. What are these two lights? In other words, the light that we have and the light that we're lighting up the world. What's the two different lights? Light is light. What's the two different levels of the light? So the Rebbe explains it based on what's brought down the Yalkut. The Yalkut says as follows, that the Jewish people said to Hashem, we made you a candelabra in the days of Moshe Rabbeinu, and it was extinguished. In the days of King Solomon, we made you a candelabra, and it was extinguished. From here on, we want your light. The light that we made was extinguished twice. We want your light. And actually, the Yalkut brings a verse from Psalms, King David, that says as follows, Ki imcha Because with you, referring to Hashem, you're the source of light. But ercha, with your light, near oil, we're going to see light. So we bring a proof from there that we're referring to, we want Hashem's light. And Hashem's light, when we have Hashem's light, then we'll be able to give off light to the world. So based on this, the Yalkut explains that's what Hashem tells the Jewish people, Kumi Yairi, it's time for you to stand up. Yeah, you can give the light to the world. Kiva because I gave you the light. Obviously, this is a reference to when Mashiach comes, we're going to have the ultimate redemption. Hashem is going to tell us, guess what? Here's the light. And now you can bring light to the world. But nevertheless, since the Yalkut takes the verse on the prophets, Kumi Yairi, Kiva and compares it to the verse in King David in Psalms where it says, uh, where it says, So obviously, the two levels of light, which is referring to in the, in the Psalms, in King David, um, of Be'ercha, your light, near you're going to see the light, is connected to the two levels of light, where it says in this verse of, of Isaiah, which is also in the prophets of this week. So now the question again is, what is the, the two levels of light? So again, we do have already a hint that there's a connection between the light that's referring to the two levels of light in King David uh, when he speaks about and to this verse where it says So what does it mean? So Rebbe explains and he says we're going to understand it with an introduction based on what the previous Rebbe explains in a Hasidic discourse on the verse of Psalms where King David says, that you're the source of light. And with your light, we're gonna we're gonna see the light. So the uh, the, the, pre, the previous Rebbe says, and he says, there's four levels in this verse. What are the four levels? There's the level of life. That's level number one. There's the level of the source of light, the source of that's level number two. Then you have Urcha, your light. And then you have Ur, you have light itself. And the previous service says, the verse says, four levels, life, the source of light, your light, and light itself, in that order. 
Obviously, it's going, and I'll say it in Hebrew, and I'll translate, but say there in an order of melmata lamaila. We're going from a lower level to a higher level of intensity of spirituality. So, so to speak, the lowest level will be life. The next level will be the source of light. The next level is your light. And the highest level is the light itself. And he explains. What is Chayim? What is life? So Chayim is referring to the godly energy which gets enclosed into the details of the world to give it its life force. In the world of Kabbalah, what is that called? It's called Amali Kalalmin. The way God gives life and it, it, it gets enclosed in every single level of the world. Mimali it's life which fits the vessel. That is life. And Rebbe points out something very fascinating, a powerful idea, and he says, if it's life and life in this world, so why is it called chayim, plural? It's chay, life. Why does it say plural chayim? And he explains very simple, because life in this world, it's, it's complicated. And there's so many levels. And there's so many differentiations, and there's so many divisions. Every single person, every single level. So that's why it's called Chayim, not only Chai life, even though Hashem is giving life to every individual, but it's plural, because everyone is different, and every level is different, and the morning is different, the afternoon is different. So that's why it's called Chayim, multiple levels of life. So again, but to recap, Chayim is a level the way God is Mimale Kalam, and God gives life force to the world, every single person to what they need. Very specific. Mikur Chayim, we're going up a notch, the source of life. That's referring to, and I'll say it in Hebrew, and I'll translate the level of Seviv Kalaman. That's where God is has a, a huge power which, in, which over, surpasses the world. It doesn't get internalized. It's too powerful to be internalized. So there's Chayim is Mimale Kalaman, that God's light comes into the world. Mikur Chayim, the source of light, is Seviv Kalaman, that God um, hovers over the world because it's too powerful to come into the world. The next level, Urcha, your light, is referring to the light of Torah, the light of, of, of Torah. And well, what's, what's the connection with Torah and light? Because we know it says in the, in the prophets, Torah, Torah is light. When you learn Torah, you connect to the greatest light, the greatest light possible. And that's actually higher than Seviv. So there's Mamale. The way God comes into the world, that's Chaim. Seveh, the way God uh, encompasses the world from from outside, from afar. And that is Mekar Chaim, the source of life. Then you have even higher than that, which is the level of Torah, Torah. And the higher level of Ur, which we get through Urcha, but Urch Nira, through learning Torah, we get to the higher level. It's even higher than the level of the light of Torah. In other words, you see that Urcha is only a preparation for this level of light. So we have to really understand what that level is, but at least we know there's four levels. So again, just to recap, so before we go for, forward, so we have four levels. We have life, which is Mamali Kalamadeh, God encompasses every single detail of the world. We have Mekarchaim, the source of life, which is Seviv Kalamim. We have Urcha, which is referring to the Torah which is higher than Seviv, and then you have Ur, the light itself, which is even greater than that. So the Rebbe says, in order to understand the powerful concept of Urcha, the light of Hashem, which is referring to Torah, and because we have to understand that to know that what's even higher than that, which is the light, which is, which is, which, which is a step above that, which Urcha comes from Ur. So first, Rebbe says, we have to first understand what means Mokar Chayim. We said there's life, which is Mamalikam, the God comes into the world. And then there's a source of life, the way God is saved, the way, the way God encompasses over the world. And there's two different um, understandings of the level of Makar Chaim, the source of light. And it's why is Makar Chaim called the source of life? So the first, the first idea why it's called the source of life, Makar Chaim, because when you're dealing with the light that, that, that hovers over the world does not get internalized, this powerful light is only a ray of the infinite light. But nevertheless, even though it's a ray, but it's, it's the source, at least, for the, the, the light that comes into the world, and through that, the is able to come into the world and get enclosed into the world. So the first idea of why it's called a source is because that that um, from from it comes out 
the light that comes into the world. So it's from a curve, it's a source for it. Just like anything, you have, let's say, a bottle of, uh, of, of water and you have a cup of water. The, 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 cup, the, wa- the, cu- the water that's in the cup came from the bottle. I mean, it's a simple example, but the point is that it's, it's a source for it. So in other words, Chaim is Sayyid Kalamim, because from there you have the light that goes into the world, and that's why it's called Chaim. It's a source of light for this world. Because even though we have light, and this world comes from Mali, where does Mali come from? It comes from Sayyid. That's one insight. A step deeper, why it's called Chaim. It, the reason why it's called the source of light because it's higher than the source of Mamali Kalalman. In other words, is the part that comes into the world and then it gets its energy from a higher place. So Makurchai means it's even higher than the energy where, where Mamali gets it from. So why is it called so if that's the case, why is it called Makurchaim if if it's even higher? Because the idea is that you know in the first insight means it's a, from Soyveid goes into Mamali, so it's a source for it. Here we're saying the opposite. Not that it's a source for it, that's what it is, that's what its identity is, that's a source from Mamali. No, it is very, very powerful. Mamali pulls from it. Like, for example, the Rebbe gives a simple example, and he says like this. We know that Hashem is called Tzur, Tzadik Vavresh, Chayeno of our life. Now, what does Tzur mean? Tzur means the source and the root of all creation. Hashem is the root of everything that's in this world. Now, so when we say Hashem is the source and the root of everything in this world, it doesn't mean that this is what Hashem is. You know what Hashem is? He's the source of the whole creation. That would be like as if Hashem is belittled to being a source for something. So when we say Hashem is a source, it means it means that we come from the source. Not that that's what the source is. <clears throat> and that's why it says, Ki imcha, referring to Hashem, that you are the source of our light. Because we come from the, from, from the source of light of, of, of Sayyid of Kalam. And it uses specifically the word, Ki imcha, from you. Why imcha from you? Because when it comes to the word imcha, we're also going to have two insights into imcha. First, he just gave you two insights into into mekarchaim, whether this is a source for it or we come from that source. Even though it technically sounds like the same thing, but one's much deeper. When it says imcha from you, there's two insights as well. What's the two insights? When you say imcha, means imcha with you. What means imcha with you? Imcha means it's with, but it's not the thing itself. In other words, there's the thing itself. And there's something that's with it. That's one simple insight, imcha. In other words, the main idea, and there's something which is with it. It's connected to it. The, a deeper level of imcha means that the thing itself is nothing. But it's, it's with you, it's connected with you, and that creates its identity. And there's a, there a simple example. We know it says in the Torah, there's a commandment that says, im kesef talves ami. If you will lend money to my people, so the so the so the the, the, the medrash says that if you lend money to my people, Hashem's our, we are Hashem's people. So the medrash says what happens then is at imi, then you're with me. In other words, just like I do chesed, you do chesed, and therefore you're with me. So what does that mean? We do chesed. We lend money to people. What does that mean? We're with Hashem. That means we become one with Hashem. We become unified with Hashem in a very, very deep way. So the Rebbe says that these two insights of imcha with you, whether it's you're somebody but you're, you're humble to who you're with, or you're totally one with the person, is connected to the same idea, the two insights of Mekarchaim, the source of life. In other words... According to the, the way we explain Mekarchayim, which means it's the source for Mamalik Kalalmin. So that goes well with the idea of Imcha, where it's, you have your own identity, but it's, but it's humble to the higher identity. And it was like this. According to the first insight, Imcha Mekarchayim, which means Imcha. How do we explain Imcha? Imcha means that you're a somebody and you're humble to the higher source. Which is connected to the first idea of Makar Chaim that it's a source for for, for the Kalam. So it's, it, it exists as a source. However, according to the insight Makar Chaim, 
doesn't mean there's a source for it. It means that things that we, the Malay, get from there, so that goes well with the inside of Imcha Mekarchayim, where it becomes totally one with Hashem. So, in the second level, it's Imcha means, what is the main thing? The main thing is Hashem. Mekarchayim, the main thing is Hashem. We get energy from Hashem. So that is, just to, to recap and clear, what does it mean, Imcha Mekarchayim? Imcha Mekarchayim means like this. So Chayim means the way Hashem comes into the world and fills the world, Mamalek Kalam. Mekar Chaim, what is Mekar Chaim referring to? It's referring to Soiv of Kalalmim. Now, Soiv of Kalalmim is a source for Mimali Kalalmim, but there's two ways. One way we can look at it is that if that's what it is, the source for this world means it exists as a source, or that it's much higher and Mimali actually pulls from there. So it's much deeper. A much deeper unit. Soiv is a much higher level. Now, Jarvis like this. Even according to the deeper and the higher understanding of Makar Chaim, that means that what? That Makar Chaim Seviv is much higher, and Maimali actually pulls from there, but that's not what that's not what Seviv is. But nevertheless, the fact that it's called Makar Chaim, the source of light, and it's light, which light? The light of this world, obviously it has a connection to this world. So even in the deeper level of Makar Chaim, where it's much higher, and it's not that's why what it is a source for this world. We this world pulls from there, but it still has a connection to the world. So that's why he says even after he says Mekarchaim, which is a very very high level. So the fact is Mekarchaim, even though it's soyve, but it has a connection to the world. So that's why he says ki imcha So first you have the level of Mali, then you have the level of soyve. Both of them are really connected to the world. Even the soyve where it's where it's only a source to the world on the higher level, it still has a connection to the world. So he goes on to the next level. What's the next level? The next level is Urcha, your light. As we said before, we're going from a lower level, Mamale, higher Saivev, and even as high as it is a connection to the world, and now we're going to a high, even a higher level, Urcha, which is referring to the light of Torah. Which the light of Torah, the Rebbe says, is the light which is much higher than having a connection to the world. And that's why it's called, that's why it's called Urcha. That's why it's called light. Why? Because in the Kurchaim has a connection to the world. Ur has no connection to the world. And what and as we see specifically and in the name, what is it called? It's called Ur. Ur light. What what what, is, what does light resemble? Light means that it's connected in a deep way, in a oneness way, with the source of light. And it's part of it's identified as the source of light. And as light doesn't have its own identity. When you don't when you look at light, you don't see something. You see a ray where it's coming from a source. Light by itself is humble. It doesn't exist. It's only a ray of the source. In other words, it has no existence of its own. So therefore, since it doesn't have an existence on its own. So light can't be a source for something else. By default. If you want to describe light, the way you describe light is that it's revealing its source. But not that light is giving off to something else. It doesn't have its own identity. How can it give to something else when it doesn't even exist? As its own its own existence. <clears throat> it goes like this. To recap, you have Chayim, life, Memalikalam, the way God comes into the world. You have Mekar Chayim, Soivev, and even on the highest level where it's only a source for the world, but it has a connection to the world. Then you have Urcha, your light. And light has no connection to the world. Light already is connected to its source, not connected to the world. And that's why it's called Ur. Because Ur is Me'in Amor. Ur is compared to the, is coming from its source, the source of light. And that's why he says, but Urcha, your light. Now, why is he saying your light? Because besides the fact that light in general, even when it comes out of its source, what does it represent? It represents that it's an expression, an expansion, and revealing of the source of light. But even when you refer to that type of light, what is it called? Urcha, your light. Your light. 
In other words, what it means your light? The light which is enclosed and included in the essence of Hashem. What is that referring to in Kabbalistic terms? So generally speaking, we refer to light, it's referring to the infinite light. I'll say it in Hebrew. A before the tzimtzum. Before there was any contraction to create finite light. And, and the Rebbe says it's explained in many, many places. Generally speaking, the light before the contraction, before the concealment, is totally one and unified with the essence of Hashem. And this level of light has no connection to the world. Now, so if we're dealing with the light before the tzimtzum that has no connection to the world, it's totally one with Hashem. Hashem wants to create a world, and you have a light that only represents and reveals the infinite Hashem. How do you create a world? And that's why, in order for Hashem to create the world, there had to be something which is called, not a tzimtzum, there had to be something which is called siluk. Hashem had to literally take away the light. Because as long as you have light, you have a representation of the source of light. Yeah, the representation of the infinite Hashem. So in order to create the world, what had to happen? It had to be siluka'ur. The earth had to be totally taken away. It's hard to comprehend that we're finite people. But, and we're dealing with infinite. But there was a concept where Hashem had to what? Create an empty space. What was there? Nothing. Not even light. And that, based on this, the Rebbe brings from the, from the Zohar, it says that before Hashem created the world, so we're going before Hashem created the world, before there was anything finite, what existed? So it says what existed was the existed was Hashem and Hashem's name. Again, what existed before Hashem created the world was Hashem and Hashem's name. We're dealing with the light before any contraction, before any concealment. In other words, when Hashem created the world, the creation was Tzimtzum, contraction of the light, concealment of the light. But before Hashem created the world, means before the Tzimtzum, so we had the light, and you had the light that was called Hu, Hashem, Ushmoi, the name. Why is it called name? And Rebbe says very, very simple. Because think about any human being. We all have names. So the name of a person, it doesn't really, it doesn't really, it's not really the person who they are. Not even like the, not even like the, the, the like, like an existence of light. The only reason why we have a name is that when someone says your name, you should turn to the person. But the name doesn't represent anything. There's nothing physical or tangible to a name. It's just a name. Someone says your name, you turn around. Which part of you is your name? It's really, it's really a nothing. So the the same thing also, when the light before Hashem made the contraction to create the world, it means the light really didn't exist. It was only your presentation and revelation of the infinite light. So what was the whole idea of light? It was a name. Just like a name today to us is nothing. It's how we call us. So the same thing also, before Hashem created the world, was who is Shmuel It was Hashem and the light. And, it's, and the light, and the light was called name, and, and wasn't, wasn't an independent existence. Now, so again, just to, to recap, before we go further, because we're going to go now a little deeper, Kabbalistically, into the idea of light. All right, so let's just recap. So what the Rebbe is saying is like this. You have Chaim, which is life. Life represents Malikalam, the way Hashem comes into the world. You have Soivev, the way Hashem is hovering over the world, but it's a source for the world. Whereas the lower level, where it's literally a source for, for the Malikalam, or it's the higher level, it's actually even higher, but we pull from the Soivev Kalam, but still a source. The higher level is Ur. Now, Ur, the Rebbe says, Ur is off the charts. Ur has no relationship to the world. Why? Because Ur, by default, reveals the source. Not, it's not here to, to create the world. Matter of fact, when Hashem had to create the world, He created Siluk. He had to push Himself aside. And as Rebbe said, why it said before Hashem made the symptom was who is Shmoy? It was called a name because a name means nothing. Light doesn't represent, represent really anything. Okay, now. So now we're going to go deeper into the idea of light. So Rebbe says it's known that in the Oyr Ein Soif, the infinite light, that existed before Hashem created the contraction, the concealment to create the world, there's two levels. What are the two levels? You have the essence of the light and the expansion, the revelation of the light. Two levels, the essence and the revelation of the light, the expansion of the light. Now, that's two. Hold on tight. In the expansion, the Rebbe says, there's two levels as well. One is the way it gets revealed for itself, 
and one is the way it's revealed for the worlds. So again, just to recap. The light, this is before the Simpson, before Hashem created the world, before he even made any contraction. You had the essence of the light and the expansion of the light, that's two. In the expansion, there's the expansion for itself, and then you have the expansion to create. And there was something like this. So you have the essence of the light, we're not talking about that right now. In the expansion, there's two levels. The expansion for itself and the expansion to create the world. The expansion for itself, that is the source, which later became, after the Simpson, the light of Soivev. So if you can trace back, or Soivev, that goes back to before the Simpson, the light where it was revealed for itself. And the light that was revealed to ultimately create the worlds. In other words, even though before the Simpson, it's really all within Hashem, but nevertheless, there's a revelation which eventually is going to be there for potential to create the world. So this revelation, which was eventually to create the world, and even though it's before the Tzimtzum, that is a source of Abraham Mali. Again, to recap. Essence of, before the Tzimtzum, essence of light, revelation for itself, and revelation to ultimately create the world. The revelation for itself, that's the source of Abraham Saivev, and the revelation to ultimately create the world, that's the source of Abraham Mali. Now, based on what's known in Kabbalah, that Hashem did not have to, no one forced Hashem to share the light, to draw the light. There was no, no one forcing Hashem, you have to give off light. You could have the source of light and not reveal. There's no forcing with Hashem. Now, point, point number one, there's no forcing of revealing the light. Point number two is, even the fact that the light gets drawn out before the symptom, you know, even the revelation, the higher level, which is for itself. Why was there that revelation? Why was there that expansion? Because I had some intention for eventually creating the world. And it was like this. Hashem did not have, to, you have the essence of the light, and yet the revelation for itself and revelation for ultimately creating the world. Hashem did not have to have any revelation. He chose to have a revelation for ultimately creating the world, and this will be the source of Saiv, not be the source of Mali. Now, so what happens like this? After Hashem made the Tzimtzum and created the world, so you have Saiviv and Mali after the Tzimtzum comes from Weir, from the two revelations of before the Tzimtzum, which is the Giloi, the revelation of itself, and the revelation of out of itself. So therefore, even though it's before the Tzimtzum, both those revelations of light, which are very powerful, before the Tzimtzum, the revelation for itself, and the revelation for outside of itself, which is again all before the Tzimtzum, since there is ultimately, it's going to be the, the source of Eir HaSavim, and this one's going to be ultimately the source of Eir HaMalei, so therefore you must say that they have a connection to, to the world. So, so since, on a very, very fine level, so therefore, even the light they're saying of before the symptom, the, the light, the revelation of light for itself or outside of itself, could also be included in Chamekarchaim, the source of light. Because before we said the source of light is Saviv. They're ever saying now even deeper that even the light before the symptom, the way it's revealed for itself or for outside itself, which is again before the symptom, since it's ultimately translates as a source of light. For it goes into the category of the source of light, source of life, because life is this world, and that's a source, a very, very deep and refined and a very fine source, but it's still a connection to a source. Now, so if that's the case, we're only holding by the source of life, and we're already holding before the symptom in the level of light. So if that's the case, when it says the next word in the verse, after Mekar Chaim, and we already said Mekar Chaim includes a light before the Simpson, so what is Urcha referring to? What is your light referring to? We can't say it's a light before the Simpson. That's part of Mekar Chaim on a very refined level. So Urcha is hiding from the source of life. So it must be even higher than the light of before the Simpson. 
So what is this light that's higher than even the light of before the Tzimtzum? So the Rebbe explains, that's why it says in the Chassidic Discourse, that Eircha is referring to what? Torah Eir. Torah is light. <coughs> why? Because Torah is not for the world. On the contrary, the creation of the world, including all the revelations of before the Tzimtzum, the light for itself and for out of itself is all for the world. But Torah is much, much, much more deeper. Torah is much higher than the world. And the whole creation of the world is, on the contrary, is for the Torah. So Torah is much deeper and much higher. So again, just to recap, what Torah is saying here is like this. We went, we went, we went off the charts now. That what? Mekarchan, before we said, was referring to Oyasayvev. Uh, now they were saying, an ur is nothing. Now they were saying that even the ur that's nothing, but it has some kind of connection to the world. Because since ultimately, even from the ur, the light before the Simpson has a connection to the ur seviv, and ur hamale, so the light before the Simpson has a source for the world. So what is urcha? When we say urcha, your light, that's Torah. Because Torah is much higher than the world. And if the world is created for Torah, Torah is much more powerful. And that's when you learn Torah, you see how powerful it is. You're connecting to a light which is off the charts. Much higher than even the light before the Simpson. And that's why, and then the, then the verse says, now, so we're, we're holding by Chaim, Mekar Chaim, Urcha, which is referring to Torah, but we saw the higher level. But then the verse continues. Urcha, through Torah, through learning Torah, you're going to see the real light. So this light is even higher than Urcha. And as we see that Urcha, the light of Torah, is only preparation for this powerful Ur, which comes through that. What is that? What is this powerful light? That, oh, that again, we're holding that Torah is already higher than the light of before the Tzimtzum, and that's Urcha. So what is Ur? What is the highest light? So in order to understand this, Rebbe explains... With the muscle, because once you're dealing with something deep, we need some kind of parable. And the Rebbe explains like this. It's known that there's two components. There's something which is called Torah, which we learned to read the power of Torah. And then there's Neshamois Yisrael, the souls of the Jewish people. What is the souls of the Jewish people? So we know the source of the Jewish people is even higher than Torah. The source, the source of the souls of the Jewish people is even higher than Torah. And the Rebbe brings from Tanad Ve'elio, and he says like this, that there were two things that, that existed before Hashem created the world. What were the two things? Torah and the Jewish people. So before Hashem created the world, there were two things that existed. Torah and the Jewish people. Now the question Torah and says, who, who, who is first? Is Torah first? Or is this, uh, the Jewish people first? Which one is supposed to speak spiritually higher? So he says, let's look in the Torah. The Torah says, Tzabas B'nai Yisrael, command the Jewish people. Dabra B'nai Yisrael, speak to the Jewish people. So obviously the Jewish people came first. Think about it. The Jewish people were first. Then Hashem wrote the Torah and he said, speak to the Jewish people. Obviously the Jewish people are spiritually higher. But now, so one second. So we have so far from Tan Velio that you have the Torah and you have the Jewish people. Torah as we learned already, is higher than the light of before the symptom, and then you have the Jewish people, which comes before that. <clears throat> so, seemingly, the Jewish people, the Shammah Yisrael, much higher. But nevertheless, he's like this. When the soul was created, and we came down to this world, we came down the way Hashem made us, because even though seemingly we're even higher than Torah, we were created in a way that we became an independent entity. In Hebrew, it's called Metzius B'Fneatzma. We became an independent entity. Just like Derbe says, again as an example, it's like a son. We all know we're children for we're children of God. So even though, you know, even though as a biological child, how do we how do we come to existence? We come literally from the essence of our parents. The father gives a seed. The mother cultivates it for, for nine months in her womb. So we come from our parents. But nevertheless, the minute we're born, and as we go through life, we become independent. Even though our physical existence comes from our parents, but we become independent. The same thing also us as Jewish people, even though we come from the essence of Hashem, even higher than Torah, but we come down to this world, we become independent entities. 
However, Torah, on the other hand, when it comes down to this world, we know it comes from a very high place, higher than the light before the Tzimtzum. Torah staying, stays loyal to Hashem. It, it stays one with Hashem. As we know, the famous statement of the Torah says, Torah and Hashem is one. When you learn Torah, you see Hashem. When you're connected to Torah, you're connected to Hashem. It, it, there's never a disconnect in Torah. Torah's it's, it's, it, its identity is Hashem. On the other hand, we, in our source, we're higher than Torah. But unfortunately, we come down a revealed way, we're independent entities. It doesn't we see, we don't necessarily see Hashem right away. And that's why the um, quality of the Jewish people, that we are higher than Torah, we cut, we, we, before the Torah, like we brought that before from Torah and Velio. How do we know we're higher than the Torah? Maybe, maybe we're lower. So we have to learn it out from the Torah. It says, Sabbath B'nai Yisrael. How do we know that we're higher than the Torah? The Torah tells us. It was revealed to us to the Torah. Because the Torah says, Sabbath B'nai Yisrael, Dabar B'nai Yisrael. Why? Why do we need the Torah to tell us? Why can't we know that where we come from? Because since Neshamites, our souls, the way we are, the way we were created, and we created as an independent entity, so our source is concealed. Our source, which is higher than Torah, is concealed. However, on the other hand, Torah, on the other hand, which is one with Hashem, Torah is revealed. Torah is Torah. You learn Torah, you see Hashem. So through the, when we learn Torah, and Torah is all about revelation, reveals its identity. Torah is revealing its identity. So Torah reveals our identity that we are even higher than Torah. So based on this, Torah explains very powerfully, he says like this. <clears throat> when the verse says, Ki imcha referring to Torah, Nira, we're going to see the light. What is it referring to? Be'ercha is referring to the light of Torah, and Ur is referring to the light of the Jewish people. Urcha is Torah, and the light which we see through the Torah, we see through Torah, the source of the Jewish people. So another Zerub explains very powerfully, he says like this. Urcha nira ur. Urcha is what? Your light. What's your light? The Torah. What does that mean? It's your light because it's revealed. You learn Torah, it's revealed that coming from Hashem. Ur which is even a higher level, that's the Jewish people. Why? Because the source is much higher. So the pros and cons of Torah and B'nai Yisrael is like this. The pro of Torah is that Hashem is revealed. The con is, not really a con, it's not, it's, not, it's not the highest level yet. The pro of the Jewish people, our source is higher than Torah. The con is it's concealed. So, but on the other hand, when you learn Torah, when you learn Torah, and you learn the revealed part of the Torah, so you get revealed, your source gets revealed. That's why it's important to learn Torah, because if you don't learn Torah, we have the treasure, we're higher than the than Torah, so to speak, but it's concealed. By learning Torah, which Torah, by, in, in its DNA, spiritualized, all about revelation, it reveals our source. And that's how we all know when you learn Torah, wow, you're a different person, you're shining. Why? Because your source gets revealed. Through learning the real light, the light of Torah, which is all about revelation, Nero, what happens is it gets revealed the earth, the light that we have, which the source is much higher. Another important reason why to learn Torah. Torah will bring out who we really are, not creating something new within us. We're very powerful. We're, we're even higher than Torah. But it's concealed. The Torah will, will reveal it. So that is all so far an explanation in the verse from Psalms. Ki imcha mekarchaim, referring to the level of malakalamim, mekarchaim soivikalamim, and the Torah explains even the light before the tzimtzum, but urchav, referring to the light of Torah, which is revealed, and nira oir, we see the real light, the light of the Shammah Yisrael, which is concealed, gets revealed. So based on this, Rebbe explains where it says in, in our verse of the prophets of this week's of Shabbos, Kumi Oiri, Kiva Oireich. In other words, these two components of Oiri Oireich is similar to the Be'ercha, which we explained before as Torah and Nira Oir, um, referring to the, the, the light of the Shabbos Yisrael. Another like this. Oireich is referring to the light of the Jewish people themselves. 
Just like Ba'irach is referring to the light of Torah. And Kumi Oiri, the higher level of light, is referring to the part of Bnei Yisrael that we light up the world through the Oirich, just like we learned, just like we learned before. And there was going to explain like this. Another like this. Just to recap before we go further, what did we just learned? We learned that Kumi, that that Be'ercha, through the light of Torah, the Oir, the higher level gets revealed. So Rabbi said something also. Kumi Oiri Kiba Oirich is the same idea that through the Oirich, we'll explain what Oirich is. The light that we have, kumiyari, we're gonna we're gonna get to the deeper and, and more powerful light. Now that explains what does it mean practically. Shabbat explains, based on it, explained many places in Chassidus, the difference between the soul, the neshama that we have, and the guf, the body we have. So now we're going so to speak even deeper within ourselves. We have, we all have a neshama, we have a soul, and we have a body. In reference to our soul, what does it say in the Torah? Bonim atem We are children. To Hashem, our God. In other words, what's our relationship of our neshama to Hashem? It's a level of father and son, parent and child. Now, so if you think about a parent and child relationship, there's a love relationship. That's the type of relationship we have with Hashem on the level on the on the, on the neshama level. In other words, like this: the love and the connection that Hashem has for the Jewish people, you know, from the level of our soul, that's natural. Just like a parent naturally loves their child. You don't have to explain why. A parent loves a child. Hashem naturally loves us. And what's the source of the love? Because just like a parent loves a child, because a child is part of them, Hashem loves them. So the parent loves them. The same thing also, Hashem loves the Jewish people. We're his children. We learn Torah. We do mitzvahs. We have a relationship. There's a connection. That's the relationship with the neshama. So the neshama is one, just like a parent and child. There's a connection there. There's a connection we have with Hashem. Now, that's one type of love. Then there's a deeper love. The love that Hashem has for the Jewish people, not because of the neshama. What does the neshama represent? The Shalom means it's connected to God. It's learning, it's praying, it's light, it's bringing light to the world. So there's a reason for the love. On the other hand, the re- why does the Shalom love the body? A body's a body. Why does the Shalom love the body? And the answer is not because the body is anything unique and special. And not because it's part of Hashem. Only one reason, one reason only. The reason why Hashem loves our body is because Hashem chose. Hashem chose, not because the body is anything unique and special. Hashem chose to love our body. In Hebrew, it's called Bechira Chavshis, freedom of choice. Hashem chose for no reason whatsoever. Why did Hashem choose this? No, why? The essence of Hashem, for some reason, chose the body. So let's recap. There's two types of love Hashem has for us. There's the love that Hashem has for our neshama. What means our neshama? The fact that we're a soul. The fact that we're bringing light into the world. Learning. Doing great things. So there's a reason for the love. So it knows we're the cause, so to speak, of the love that Hashem has for us. The body that we have. There's nothing about the body Hashem that should love. Hashem chose to love the body. So what's the difference? Very simple. In each one there's a pro and a con. The fact that Hashem loves our neshama, that's a revealed love. Hashem gives a look. You're learning. You're praying. You're doing mitzvahs. It's a revealed love. Hashem loves us. It's revealed. It's there. As long as you're learning, you're studying, you're praying, you're doing mitzvahs, you're doing the right thing, you're acting where you're supposed. Hashem loves you. It's a revealed love. It's a revealed love. Is it a deep love? Is it because of the essence? No, it's a revealed love. It's a good love. It's revealed. On the other hand, the body... What's it a love about the body? So that's a concealed love, but it's a deeper love. So the revealed love is revealed, but it's not as deep. The concealed love is much deeper, and but it's not revealed. So what happens like this? The neshama, the power the neshama has, it has the revealed love, not so deep. The guf doesn't have the revealed love, the revealed love, but it has a deeper love. So what happens? The neshama and the guf create a partnership. The neshama knows how to create the sizzle, how to create the revealed love. The, bo- the body, on the other hand, has a deeper love. 
So the goal is that the soul works with the body and it brings out that concealed love in a revealed way. It brings out that Hashem chose the essence of the, of this, of the body. It knows like this. The Neshama has a relationship with Hashem. Well, it's a revealed relationship. It's an external relationship. The Guf has an internal, deeper relationship. But the body doesn't know it because it's deep. It's inside. It's concealed. So what happens? The Neshama reveals the deep relationship that Guf has with Hashem. So based on this, it explains very simple. That's Pshat Kumi Oiri Kiva Oirech. Arise and shine, kiva oirech. What does that mean spiritually? Oirech, your light, the revealed light, is referring to the light of the neshama. Kumi oiri is referring, speaking to the guf, to the body. Knows because the neshama, oirech, kiva oirech, the, the neshama is coming and working with the body to give it its light, and it, so it actually wakens within the body that it has even a greater, more powerful light than the neshama. So that's why it says, Kumi Oyri Kib Oyrech. Oyrech is referring to the light of the Neshama, where the Neshama works with the body to, to, to create a, a revealed relation with Hashem. Kumi Oyri says, now you can waken that deep, more, that deep, more powerful um, light, which is concealed. Just like what you explained before, in, um, where, where, where the verse says, that through the Torah, which is a lower level, but it's revealed, you're actually able to bring out the, the power of the Jewish people, that the light that, that the Jewish people have gets revealed only through Torah. The same thing also that the, that the light of the body, which is much deeper, gets revealed specifically through the Neshama, which has a, has a lower level, but it's a revealed, revealed relation with Hashem. <clears throat> so this answers, obviously, the two different levels of light. You have the light, which obviously is much more powerful, much stronger. But the only way to first initially access it is through the light of Torah, through the light of the Neshama. And then you're able to get to the deep light, the light of the Guf, the light, the light, the light of, the, of, 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 the, of the Neshama, which, and more importantly, the light of the body. Now, the Rebbe says that, um, that the previous Rebbe, in, in the Hasidic discourse that he brought before, Kim Chamechar Chaim, explains that this verse... Where it says in, in Psalms, it's referring to when the Jewish people tell Hashem. And what are we, what, when are we talking to Hashem? It's in the time of Gullus, when we're in exile, when the, when the godliness is, when Hashem is concealed, when, 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 when darkness is strong. What happens, we tell, what do we tell Hashem in the time of Gullus, in the time of exile, that our, our thirst for Hashem we know is much stronger and much greater than when the revelation. And it was in the time of the revelation when we had a temple, God was revealed, it was huge. But our thirst wasn't as strong. So there's pros and cons. In the times of the temple, God was revealed, but the thirst wasn't strong. Today, God's concealed, but the thirst is much stronger. And like we all know, the famous teaching of the Baal Shem Tov, which as we mentioned already before, um, he, the, his birthday is Chayel. One of his famous teachings is, on, based on the verse in Psalms where it says, My soul is thirsting for you. I'm reaching out to you from the depths of my flesh. In a land which I'm totally dehydrated without any water. And the, what does the verse say? That's the same way I want to see you in a holy place. So the, the Baal Shanta translates the verse and he says it like this, that when am I thirsting for you, Hashem? It's talking about in times of Gullus, in the time of exile. That's when I'm, that's when I'm thirsting for you because I don't have you. When Hashem is concealed, that's when I'm, I'm wanting, that's when I'm yearning for Hashem. You know, when, when we're in Gullus, that's when so the verse, so the Baal Shanta explains, so our, our prayer is, that halavai, I wish, that when I'm inspired, that when, when Hashem reveals Himself to me, I should still have that same yearning like I have when Hashem is concealed. Because when Hashem is concealed, we get, we get much deeper. In time of Gulf, we connect much deeper. So we want that when we have the revelation, we still have that powerful connection. So what happens is in the time of Gullus, Jewish people say to Hashem, Hashem, you're the source of our life. Even though it's concealed, but we, we, we scream, you're the source of our life. 
with your light, we're going to see the light. And as with Hashem, with you, you're the source of my life. With your light, your light, Hashem, we recognize that the light really comes from Hashem, that's what's going to give us light. So that's the inside word that, that the, the professor explains. That's the, the explanation of the verse in Psalms referring to Tamagolos. And Rebbe says that just like the, the Alkuts explained before in the first in the, fir, in the, in the first chapter that Kumi Oiri, this verse, is the, it's similar to Ba'irach Nirai to the same thing. So the same thing Rebbe says also that in reference to this verse, you can say that even this verse we say with the Jewish people now where Hashem says to the Jewish people, Kumi Oiri, bring out your light. You know, the deep light, the hidden light. Why Because the revealed light is working with you. Whether it's the light of Torah in the Neshama or the light of Neshama in the body. In other words, even though, generally speaking, this verse is referring to the time of with redemption. In other words, when the, when the redemption comes, Hashem is going to say it's already came. But nevertheless, Hashem said, you can also say it's also referring to the time of Golas. Hashem is saying in the time of Golas, He's telling us. that What does that mean practically? That even in the time of Golas, and especially, Hashem says, in the last days of Golas, it's possible, and it has to be, Kumiyoiri, we need to wake up. The, our, our neshama needs to wake up. Our body needs to wake up. Why kibayre? Because we have Torah and we have the neshama. And as a, we have the light of the neshama. Or we have the the, the, the part, the fact that the neshama comes into the body, and we and we should wake up. So everything that this verse kumiyoiri is not only referring to Mashiach comes after Revelation. Even now, we need to wake up and realize that the light of Torah can lighten up our neshama, and our neshama can light up our, our, our body. And Rebbe finished off and he says that by doing our uh, actions and our spiritual work in the time of Golas, and especially in the work of Kumiyairi, we should waken up our Neshama, waken up our body. Why Kivairi? Because we have Taira, we have the Neshama, we will bring close and we will make uh, happen in a very, very quick way, even more, the ultimate redemption. Because then it's going to be the real Kumiyairi. We're going to be able to wake up and see the real light. We're going to have the light in a literal way. You know, it's because Mashiach already is here. And the represent should happen in a way very, very quick. Like it says at the end of the Avtairah, Achi Shana. It should happen here, right here, and right now. Obviously, this is a very, very powerful Hasidic discourse, some deep Kabbalah stuff about different levels of light. But I think the most important message, I mean, many messages we can learn from here is that we have the greatest gift, the gift of Torah. And by learning Torah, we will realize the gift that we have. Our neshama is, is so powerful and so, so connected to Hashem in the deepest levels. And by revealing our neshama, we'll actually reveal the real power of our body and we'll be able to serve Hashem with tremendous light and we'll all merit to, as Zerba says, to the ultimate revelation of Kumiyoiri, where Hashem is going to say, wake up, because Mashiach's here, and next class will be in Yerushalayim, Ir Have a great and blessed week. Shavua Tov.